Welcome to a God Shift podcast, where we move you from disruption and delay into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I'm a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. Join myself and other leaders who unapologetically share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. You will learn how to bounce back from setbacks, disappointments, and uncertainty, and unlock the door to confidence move into your next chapter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A God Shift. I am your host, Shana Rattler, and I am so thrilled that you are here today. Before we get started, audience, I want to ask you for a favor. So I want you to take a screenshot of wherever it is that you are listening to this podcast, whether it's on your phone, your tablet, your computer, take that screenshot and post it on your social media. When you do, I would love for you to tag us here at A God Shift. And then I just want to hear your biggest aha moment and your biggest takeaway. I don't do that because I'm so much concerned about number of downloads, but I do this because what I know is that the more people who hear this information, the more lives that we can give hope to and the more that we can all help to do our part to build the kingdom. So thank you in advance for doing that. I'm really excited um, about my guest today. And if you've listened to the show for any amount of time, you're probably going to say, yeah, you say that all the time. But I'm really excited because if you've listened to any of my previous probably two to three episodes of this, you've heard that I am interviewing a lot of women from an organization that I am a part of. And my guest today just happens to be the head of that organization. So if you thought those ladies were great, then you're really, really in for a treat today. So I'm going to read her bio and then we're going to get to what I know is going to be a great conversation. My guest today is the award-winning author of 38 books. She's an international speaker, President of Write to the Heart Ministries and CEO of the Advanced Writers and Speakers Association with 800 Christian women authors and speakers and Arise Esther Evenings for the Women of the Church. She publishes Leading Hearts Magazines and Arise Daily e-devotionals. She says she's just a Jesus girl who loves to hang out with friends and family. She's been married to her husband, Paul, for 40 years and is the mother of two. I want to welcome to the show, Linda Evans Shepherd. Well, thank you. It is so wonderful to be here with you today. Yes, I'm excited to have this conversation, but first I want to lay a little context because when people hear the name of my ministry and they hear the name of my platforms, they go ooh and ah when they hear that it's called a God shift. But if we're being honest, no one in the world other than myself and maybe my copywriters know what a God shift is. So my definition of a God shift, Linda, is the moment that we ditch disruption or delay in our lives collide with God's purpose, and then we move into the next level of destiny that God has for us. And I believe that one of the ways that we can actually partner with God during this process is by exercising our kingdom authority, the authority that the Bible says that we as believers have. We know God is powerful, but we've also been told that there's dominion and authority that we have as well. So I would love to hear what's your own personal definition of kingdom authority? Kingdom authority is following Jesus. It's seeking his face, listening for his still small voice, and then taking the next step. And when you begin to walk in this authority, you can topple 
the walls that the enemy has set up against you. You can scale any obstacle and you can do all that God has called you to do. You know, what I love about what I'm learning about Kingdom Authority and every episode that I do, since I'm asking people like what their definition of it is, the variety of responses that I get are teaching me even so much more than what I knew. But one of the things that I'm, I don't know if I'm surprised about, I think I'm more disappointed than anything, is that, you know, you and I are both in the faith-based space. You've been in it a lot longer than I have. But I'm always disappointed at the number of believers that I run into that don't even recognize the power and authority that they have. Or if they've heard some of the scriptures that actually tell us that we have authority, that they actually haven't been in a church or in circles that can really help them develop, you know, that authority. I've even had a woman say, so what are you saying? Are you saying that we're Jesus? And I'm like, no, we're not Jesus. But there's certain things that we can expect of God. But in return, there's things that he expects of us as well. He's not going to just sit back and, you know, wave a magic wand and just get us into our destiny. So one of the things that I'm curious from your perspective, do you see that a lot, that that believers aren't really recognizing that they have a role to play in God's will for their lives, or they just have no clue kind of where to start? I think a lot of people see God as a big Santa. Yeah. And they can say, hey, I need this. I need that. Oh, you didn't give it to me? Well, I'm not speaking to you now. They have no idea of the richness of the relationship. And it starts with knowing who Jesus Christ is, the son of God who died for our sins and saying, I'm going to follow you with all my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I belong to you. Now, once you've got to that point, then something wonderful happens. The presence of the Holy Spirit touches your soul and you become the temple of God. And that means you are indwelled by his Holy Spirit. That means you have all the power, all the power of God, and you can operate in the fruits of the spirit, love, peace, joy, long suffering, patience, kindness, all of those things. And you need that to survive this old world. You need that to step into the calling that God has for your life, because you can't forget this. God does have a calling because number one, he wants you to walk with him. And number two, he's taking you somewhere. He's giving you assignments and gifts and giving you tasks to accomplish, but you've got to know who you are and you got to say more Holy Spirit. I need more of you so you could have more power because we are living in a day when people are denying the power of God, as it says in second Timothy. And we need to be people who say, I've got the power of God. I can face that giant and I can leap over that obstacle and I can do all that God has called me to do. I like how you, you, they go together. You, you said, you know, once you recognize that you actually have the power to overcome the adversity then you're able to do what it is that God is calling you to do. Because almost always when you see you say yes to God, that's even more times that the enemy shows up to try to give you more adversity so that he can keep you from doing what it is that you're called to do. 
Have you noticed that too? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I have a friend, I won't say their name, but I have a friend that just yesterday was telling me that they basically have recommitted their their life to God and their walk to God. And I'm like, oh boy, Satan is going to be mad. It is going to come at you. But I didn't say that because I didn't want to discourage them. But I would love to ask you, Linda. So if you're looking at this theme of the God-given authority that we have to be able to overcome obstacles and do what it is that God has called us to do. Can you think of a time in your own life that you've actually had to say, okay, God, I know that that you've got this and there's some things that you're going to do, but there's also a power that you've given me that I I can put into place to kind of move past this and get to where you are today. Well, I think first off, the power comes from the name and the blood of Jesus. And we have to carry that just like we have a purse there. We have to carry that close to us all the time. We've got the power. We've got the blood of Jesus. We've got the Holy Spirit. And yeah, there are going to be obstacles. And that's where you need your kingdom authority so that you can overcome the obstacles. You need to be reading the word because the word is alive. It is filled full of the spirit of God. And as you read the word, and as you just learn how to pray and talk more to God, you're going to be learning how to recognize his voice. So when you get to that obstacle, you will know whether you're supposed to climb over it, go around it or retreat. You're going to know what you're supposed to do. And I've had so many obstacles. And speaking of collision, my first obstacle was a collision that took place over 34 years ago when my daughter, who was a baby at the time, was thrown into the freeway in her car seat and was left in a coma for one year. Now, that is an obstacle. And all I could do during that time was wait on the Lord and pray and ask God for a miracle and wait on the Lord. And then the day came when I put my newborn baby son in Laura's arms. A year later, that Laura woke up, not from vegetative state that the doctor said, but from coma. But one of the first obstacles I had to defeat were obstinate doctors. (laughs) Because they wanted me to pull my daughter's plug. And I had to call on the power of the Lord to give me strength to stand up to them. And they put their nose up in the air and they looked down at me. I was just another little mom and they didn't want to deal with me. They wanted to blow me off. But my God was bigger than them. And facing those doctors gave me strength to face the next big obstacle. And that was this. The kids in my church were falling into the same pitfalls year after year. And I began to pray and I began to ask God to to help them and, and to send a book that would help them recognize those obstacles. And the Lord tapped me on the shoulder and he said, I want you to write that book. And so I tapped into his power and strength. What did I know about publishing books? But he showed me, he connected me with the Colorado Christian Writers Conference. A couple of weeks later, I took every class I could, and this will date me, but I bought all their cassette tapes. (laughs) I listened to every single teacher at the conference for the rest of the year. And so when I finally got the idea God wanted me to have, I was ready to write it. And within a year, I had two teen devotionals that were read by well over 50, 60,000 young people. And that was a miracle. (laughs) 
But there was another obstacle, and it was this. Back in the day, it was a man's world in Christian publishing. And I was told by my, um, by my agent that a publisher had said that we women were nothing more than writing interchangeable writing housewives. So I had another obstacle, right? Because I'm not going to stand for that. If I can stand up to a doctor, I can stand up to a publisher. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And so I prayed about it and the Lord told me what to do. He told me when I saw a certain sign that I was to invite all of the women I'd been collecting business cards of all of these women authors, I was to reach out to them and invite them to be on a loop. And so when I saw the sign that very day, that very hour, I reached out to these women. And by the end of the day, we had 50 members of our new Writers Association, our new Christian Women Writers Association. We used to call ourselves the Loopy Writers because we were on a Yahoo loop. (laughs) We would reach out. And every day, almost every day, the Lord would give me an assignment to do. And I accomplished every assignment through his power and his authority and the authority that he put in me to overcome. You know, what I love about what you're saying, you said so many things that I want to unpack before we uh, move on to something else, but um, I want to talk about waiting. But before we talk about waiting, I want to pinpoint something that you just said. When we're operating in authority, it's not just, um, relying on God for what it is that he can do. And it's not just praying and it's not just reading the word and all the things that we know we have to do, but it it is actually being in action. You know, I hear a lot these days where people are talking about identity and how important it is to know who you are, but it's one thing for you to know who you are, but if you don't do anything with it, then you, you almost may as well not know. But what I love about what you just said about getting together not the loopy women, but (laughs) getting together the women who were on this vicious loop or cycle is that when you exercise the authority that God gives you, it doesn't just empower you for what it is that you're going to do and overcome obstacles, but you, you have the ability to be an answer to somebody else's prayers, because I'm sure you weren't the only woman that was feeling the, the wall, if you will, not even a ceiling, but the wall, if you will, of like, how do we, I've got something to say, and how am I going to tap into an industry that feels like, you know, women are, you know, we're not worthy of being there. So I hope the audience hears that the authority that God gives us is not just for ourselves, but when we operate in our authority, it's like we shatter walls and ceilings for other people to walk into their destiny as well. I just want to add an amen to that. And here was our secret sauce power. We invited the power and the love of the Holy Spirit into our organization, and we began to love one another, and that love was powerful. Then we decided, and here's how we defeated the mentality of the times, we decided that we would love the publishers, and we began to invite them to our our big awards celebration, and we began to give them awards 
for the people who had best partnered in ministry with their authors. And we began to raise the standard. And one day when I was at CBA, which stood for the Christian Booksellers Association, and in those days, there were 10,000 people who attended those. A gentleman I had never met ran up to me and he said, excuse me, but aren't you the head of AWSA? And Mm -hmm. I said, yes, I am. And he said this, he said, Before you ladies showed up on the floor of this convention, this was one cold, hard place, all business. But when you ladies showed up, you brought the love of God. Wow. And you changed this place. Wow. One of my best and biggest accomplishments ever. (laughs) Yeah. Among many that you've done. So I want to talk about this concept of waiting before we move on, because You said something earlier, you know, you said sometimes, you know, you're supposed to go around something. Sometimes you're supposed to go under it. Sometimes you're supposed to retreat. Sometimes God is calling us to do something and other times he's causing us to wait. Sometimes there's things that we can do to speed up the process, not because we're manipulating God or we're speeding him up, but sometimes the reason why things are not flowing the way that they should flow is because there's things that we ourselves should be doing that we're not doing. But you found yourself in a situation with your sweet daughter that you had no choice but to wait until God decided to revive her from the coma she was in. How did you wait well during that time? Like what what are some of the things that you did that you felt allowed you to be able to wait well when you recognized that you really had very little choice but to wait on him? Well, it's kind of like my husband always said. He said, I have no say over our situation. And instead of saying, why me, why not say, why not me? Yeah. Why not take a look at what you're going through and, and look at what you're learning. And what I was learning was how to wait and to go with the flow. In other words, I couldn't control it. I could kick and scream and yell all I wanted. And I did do that. <laughs> but, but at the same time, I could wait on the Lord. And I think in that waiting, you have to remember you are not forgotten. Mm-hmm. And if you can hold on to that and that God has a plan, and then here's the real secret of it. And here's the real prayer you have to pray in a situation like that. You have to take the situation, you have to lift it up before the Lord, and you say, Hey, God, do you see this? This is now your problem. <laughs> and I am waiting on you to turn it into a miracle and lay it down. Don't pick it up, lay it down. You may have to pray that 300 million times. That is okay. But the more you pray it and the more you lay it down, the more you're going to learn this, how to trust God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, Linda, we're going to share some tips and advice of how our listeners can begin to bring all of this together and to do some of this in their own lives as well. We'll be right back. episode is brought to you by the free guide when God says shift. Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to reveal God's plan to ditch disruption or delay and get his blessings faster. Head to godsaysshift.com to access it now. All right, welcome back. 
So before the break, Linda, you were sharing so many different ways that authority can show up in our lives, all of the different ways. You know, sometimes there's authority in waiting. We're actually exercising our authority when we learn how to wait well. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we're exercising our authority when we learn how to do well, right? Sometimes we're supposed to do, sometimes we're supposed to be, sometimes we're supposed to wait. There's so many different ways that we can exercise our authority. Well, one of the things that I know about you, I consider you to be like the guru of prayer because I know that you know, I read in your bio that you're the award-winning author of 38 books. And I know that several of your books are on the topic of prayer. So I would say that for somebody to be able to write multiple books on prayer, you kind of know a thing about, about praying and using our authority as prayer. And I know you've got a new book, um, you know, that is coming out as well. So I would love to hear um, from your area of expertise, if someone is listening to this episode right now, and they're actually struggling to recognize that they themselves have the authority to shift their lives into a better place. What would be the best tip that you would give them? Would it be around prayer or what, what kind of tip or advice would you give them of how they can really take something tangible and put their authority into action? Well, I think the first thing you need to do is talk to God about it. And the way you talk to God about it is just like I'm talking to you right now. Hey, God, I've got this situation. I had a deep prayer with the Lord today about a big difficulty that suddenly appeared in my life a couple of days ago. And it's like, hey, God, I've got this problem. I I need a solution. And so I'm going to give it to you. And I'm going to declare it's your problem. And I'm going to listen. And I'm going to recognize your voice. You might need to pick up the word and read it, and the Lord will speak to you through the word. But not knowing, I mean, I think the big problem that people have is they have no clue what God wants, no clue whatsoever, and they don't even know that they're supposed to trust him. So as you read the word and as you wait, you practice trusting God. And here's a key to all of this. Sometimes what you're waiting for or what God is waiting for is for you to grow up and for you to find out who you are and for you to talk to him about it and for you to learn how to trust him. Yeah. And that the prayer of this is your problem is a prayer of trust. Yeah. And once those things go into operation, you're going to see God move in bigger ways and you're going to see faster answers to your prayers. Yeah. I think that's so key. You know, I've been on a kick here for the last probably since right before Thanksgiving. I've been on this kick of all of the things that we have to master in order to get God's blessings faster. And again, it doesn't have anything to do with manipulating God or focusing on, you know, our own wants and desires. But there's so much that God expects of us. If you think about, you know, those of us who have been in the workforce, there's never been a time that we've been part of a project, that it was the sole responsibility of the leader to do everything. Yet that's how we treat God because we've been told, you know, how powerful he is and, you know, he's everywhere at the same time. He can do nothing but fail. And all of those things are true. But I think it sometimes puts us in a position where when we're facing something or we're trying to accomplish something that we just assume that we can sit back and rest on our laurels because he is capable of so much. And I love that you're talking about 
like, yes, you have to pray, but there's some powerful prayers that we can pray. And there's some less powerful, you know, prayer prayers to, to pray as well. Um, and I completely forgot what I was getting ready, what I was getting ready to say about that. But I'm curious, Linda, in your, in your experience, you know, when you're teaching people, you know, about prayer and how to pray effectively, I love what you're saying. Like, it, it, there's not some formula, like just talk to the man, <laughs> you know, talk to him just like you're talking. And sometimes I'm like, listen, bro, I don't know what we're doing. Like, I don't know what this is. I don't know what you want me to do. Or I'm like, wait a minute, you just told me to do that. So what are we doing? And, you know, I wonder if sometimes we think maybe he can't handle it, or maybe he'll be disappointed in us if we're just raw and vulnerable and be like, look, I really don't understand, you know, where, where you're going with this, where you're taking me in this. So what would you say to somebody that says, I've been praying and nothing seems to be moving. Is there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with I'm praying? Like, what, what do you think is going on in their prayer life? Well, number one, you're need to wait until you are in God's perfect timing, because sometimes that's a big key. But number two, you just need to trust God. And number three, not knowing what is going on is the point. (laughs) I was hoping you were going to say that. (laughs) Because you're not God. (laughs) You you have to put God into perspective. He's the almighty. He's the creator of the universe. He's the great Jehovah. And who are you? Well, you are someone God loves. You know, what I love about what you just said is that it just shows that faith never makes sense in our current context. Like, that's why it doesn't make sense. That's why you don't understand it. Because he wants us to rely on him and trust and trust his, you know, his plans and remember that his, you know, promises are are yes and amen. If it made sense, it wouldn't require faith. You know, if it was, if it was easy to figure out without any level of commitment, we wouldn't, I guess we would, we wouldn't need him at all. So Linda, before we get ready to wrap up and before we tell people where they can find you and where they can find out about all of your books and stuff, is there any final words um, that you would give to the audience? Well, just know that you are loved by God and quit trying to manipulate him. Just say, yes, Lord, I'm your girl. I'm your guy. And I am waiting on you. I am listening to you. And I know who I am. I know that I belong to you. I know I have the spirit in my life. I know I have the power and the authority of Jesus Christ and, and that you have a plan, an action plan for us to walk together as I walk with you. It's a process. It's it's just all about the joy of the Lord is our strength. And that's the bottom line. Yeah, that's so good. So would you like to tell us about this recent book that you have? Well, I opened the box the for the very first time of my new book. And here it is. It's called... Yay! Make time for joy, scripture, power, prayers to brighten your day. And I'm so excited about it. And I have a free gift for you. If you're interested in the book, you can get a list of secrets to joy at joyfulheartsecrets.com. And I would also love to invite you to my YouTube channel, which is a YouTube channel called Got to Pray, G-O-T-T-O. Pray, P-R-A-Y. I have a new show there called 
the prayer investigator, because one of the things that I did when my daughter was in coma is I began to investigate this thing called prayer. And I have learned so many secrets in in prayer. And my guests share a powerful story about an answered prayer. And we talk about it and pray for you as you watch. So check that out. Our YouTube Got to Pray channel. Awesome. I'm going to make sure that the links to that is in the show notes. And is there any other social media that you would like them to follow you on? Yes, you can follow me on Facebook at Linda Evans Shepherd Author. And we've got we've got almost well, we have over 18,000 people who are following us there. And we have a prayer a day, almost every day, a beautiful prayer that you can pray to help teach you how to pray and how to talk to God. I love that. Well, Linda, thank you so much for being here today. I am honored that you took time out of your busy schedule with all the things that you have going on to share with my listeners. Listeners, I'm so glad that you were here today. I pray that this episode blessed you as much as it did me. And I pray that you will also be willing to listen to some future episodes as well. So everyone have a great day and I'll see you back here next week. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.